special guest, Joanne Babin, professor of speech at many universities. <laughs> Joanne, welcome to the show. So cool to be on this. I've never even watched a podcast, so this is very exciting for me. <laughs> well, that's, that just means we got to get you out more. Exactly. I'm uh, trying. This, this is what I want to talk about. I just want to get to know you really, really quickly. So why don't you tell us about yourself? I want to know where you, where you grew up, and I want you to talk a little bit about mom and dad. I am a San Francisco native, and, you know, I, I so I, I love it. I'm so proud to be living here again, teaching at local community colleges and USF. But yes, I was born here in the 60s. My dad loved to tell the story about how back in the 60s, there, you know, you, you couldn't do any tests before to check out the gender or anything. You were just sort of surprised. You also couldn't be in the delivery room, I guess. And so he was apparently hanging out in the waiting room and someone walked out to him and said, congratulations, you have a son. And my dad got all excited. He goes running in and turns out, nope. <laughs> I don't know how they made that mistake, really. It's kind of funny, honestly. Um, so I, I'm convinced that's how I got part of my name, Joe, you know, is, is the part of Joanne. And my father's, my grandfather's name was Joseph. So pretty cool. But they adjusted quickly. I guess he was okay with having a girl. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, my mom grew up in Wisconsin, in in Milwaukee, I guess, and my dad grew up in San Carlos, and went to College of San Mateo, where he played football, which is really something cool. I think he said George Seifert was on his team or something, and I I don't know. He loved to tell old stories about that. Um, yeah, yeah. So in in my mom, you know, she went to I guess she went to Smith. I, I, and then her sister, I guess, had convinced her to move out to California just to try out. I think she had a teaching job or something. And my dad, meanwhile, loves to talk, loved to talk about how he just had this crazy kind of past. He was an only child and he used to love to have these crazy parties when, you know, his, his parents were gone, kind of like my sister and I did <laughs> when my parents were gone. And, um, you know, he dated a lot of women, I guess. And he loved to just say, I'm sick of dating all these women. The next time someone good comes along, I'm gone. And then he was set up with my mom on a blind date and boom, there you go. They actually made 61 years of marriage before he passed um, in, you know, just last year, he made it to 90, you know, kind of said the good news is I'm 90. The bad news is I'm 90. And he lived a great life, you know, so now, cool. Now, what'd your dad do for a living? My dad, is, uh, he was a stockbroker. And, you know, he liked to think of himself as kind of a dinosaur because he used to just, like, what did they call him? Like a financial advisor, kind of giving more personalized advice. And actually, he tried to get me to years ago to take over his business. And, you know, I used to have some jobs, nepotism, hallelujah, where I would be working at that firm. And, you know, I it was it, I know it kind of freaked him out a little bit when I decided to go into teaching. 
because I think he thought, and he was true. <laughs> he was right. There probably isn't as much money in that, but he was a broker and you know, it was, it was really cool how he got into it because honestly, like I, you know, he, he always liked to say he wasn't the best student. You know, he was, he was happy to get B's and C's, B's and C's to get degrees. I, I grew up with that little pressure. So it was kind of nice, honestly. I, I'm very proud of my B's and C's. And anyway, you know, when he, after he was done at College of San Mateo and he went to Cal and, uh, you know, he, was, he just kind of went to the football, you know, or his coach and said, what do I need to do? Like, I have to get my grades up essentially. And, you know, and he went to his teacher said, what do I need to do to get my grades up? And he finally got himself together. Um, when he, and then, and then I guess he, when he graduated and then he went to the, he went, he went to Korea, kind of a peacetime army. But then when he came back, I guess my mom, when he married my mom and they took him on a nice cruise and he met all these people and that's actually how his brokerage business kind of got started. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool success story. Hey, talk about yourself. Um, in high school, what kind of kid were you in high school? For one thing, what high school did you go to? <laughs> but, were, but were you a sports kid? Were you an arts kid? What, what kind of kid were you? Yeah, I was a, kind of a sports kid. It's funny. I actually went to St. Rose Academy, which I, you know, I, I remember finding out that Joan McDermott went there and it was so exciting. We actually had this connection, even though it was, you know, it was just like the time, but St. Rose Academy, um, it, I was on the tennis team there for three years and the coach, I guess it was a really competitive, strong tennis team. I mean, I, I, when my freshman year, when I didn't even make the team there, they actually were the champions. They had some amazing players on that team. Maureen Glick. God, I wonder what she's doing now. She was just amazing. Diane Karazidis, great players. When I joined the team, my sophomore year, I mostly played doubles and I was perfectly happy to let my partner hit most of the balls. <laughs> I was just kind of standing there like a statue and just saying yours, yours. My coach was a little bit flabbergasted, just telling me I should take up running and try and, you know, try and lose some weight, try and be able to cover more court. I actually remember trying so hard to run. I tried so hard. Like I would, go out to Lake Street and I would make it about a block and just say, this is boring. I never understood running when I was a kid. Like, why would you just run if you're not running for a ball like you did on the basketball court or for a tennis ball or for a soccer ball, just running. So I just gave up. Um, but, you know, I got my B's and C's in high school. I just, I did what I needed to do. I got one A and that was in counseling in high school. Right. Yeah. That was, I got a B in typing. I think I got a B in drama. I don't know why, but I got an A in counseling. So there you go. I just. <laughs> so as you're ending your senior year in high school, what are you thinking? Are you thinking college? You're thinking about what, what are you going to do with yourself? Who are you going to be? I wish I thought more about that, honestly, who I was going to be. I just kind of went with emotions like everyone else. You know, when I, my current students talk about these gap years that they took or 
starting at a community college. And I think they're brilliant. You know, it's just, just fascinating. I, how in the world are you supposed to know what you're going to be when you're 18? And I can tell you right now that that is something I never, I'm still wondering, Bill, I'm still wondering what that heck I'm going to be, you know, and, 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 and just seriously, like what the heck is going to happen? Why, what's going on? You know, there's just so much, but yeah, I just kind of went with emotions. I got into exactly one college in that was University of the Pacific. And so that's where I went. And I ditched all of my tennis, I ditched my tennis racket. I just, I just went and I had fun. Um, actually, I took public speaking as, as a freshman because I had to, and I think I got a B minus, but I'm teaching it now. It's kind of funny, but it, you know, I, I, I just, I loved it. I had, I had a blast, but it was not because of any path or anything I thought about. It was just, Oh, here's this in, in your, you know, you just go and do it. My, for some reason, when I got to college, I thought I wanted to major in psychology because that was the one A I got in high school was in counseling. So I thought, Oh, I should major in this. Of course. Yeah, of course. But then I had to take statistics and that didn't work out so well back then. So I found my major by looking up, there were only two majors in the whole school that didn't require stats, communication and communicative disorders. So that is how the end of my sophomore year, I declared communication as my major. Yeah, yeah. impressive. <laughs> Hey, at least at least you found a major. Yeah, after a couple of years, again, if I had you know gone the whole community college route and I took all these core classes and it is, but who knows? I mean, that's that's kind of and then so after college, I it, I think I don't even remember graduated in the early eighties and I went to work actually as a sales assistant at my dad's brokerage firm. And guess what? It didn't go well. Um, I, it was funny. I, I, I had absolutely zero training and I had these two new brokers who had just transferred into our system from another brokerage firm. So everything was new to them. So they assigned me a new sales assistant to work with those two brokers. And apparently I ended up helping them lose a lot of money or something. So these two brokers went to the branch manager and they demanded a new sales assistant. They're just, we need someone. I mean, this we like her. She's lovely. She's charming, but oh my gosh, she doesn't know what she's doing. So then I got demoted, which was fine with me. I got these, they called them baby brokers and I worked with them. But luckily I was still in touch with a professor I had my last semester of undergrad for communication and conflict was the name of the course. And the professor I had was Dr. Linda Nolan. May she rest in peace. What an influence she was on me. She kept in touch with me. I told her I was just not, I had the best social life ever working at that brokerage firm. That rocked. But the part that wasn't so good was the work part. <laughs> and at any rate, she actually said, you know, I could probably help you get a teaching assistantship and you could go to graduate school for free as long as you just taught in exchange. And I thought, wow, 
Yeah, exactly. Because I, I actually went, what is graduate school? Honestly, like I don't even know what graduate school is. I didn't even know that was an option. So she just said, no, seriously, I will help you. I, I think you could be a good teacher. So I, I know we have a teaching assistantship available and I'm going to, I'm going to help you get this. And I remember bringing it up to my you know, my dad in particular going, what, you know, why, what, why would you want to do that? Um, I think it was just kind of, it was a shock to me too. But then in 1987, I got, I mean, they gave me a contract. I, I signed a contract and it wasn't just for teaching this class. It was also, you know, I was taking classes and then there was this other part of the job I'd never heard of. It was called traveling with the intercollegiate forensics team. I mean, I signed a contract for something I didn't even know what it was. And that turned out to be the most amazing. It led to a 16 year career in coaching intercollegiate speech and debate. It was fantastic. So I owe my entire career uh, to Dr. Linda Nolan. She was the most amazing inspirational teacher and person uh, she died way too soon, you know, of, of breast cancer. But, you know, any chance I get to mention her or even throw in a little bit into one of my lectures, something I learned from her, even slip into her accent, you know, I, I'll never forget her. Oh, my gosh, that was amazing. And and finally, you know, right before my dad, you know, was, when, when my dad was getting ill and before he passed, he just finally said, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you. You, you, you know. You took average and you turned it into something good. I'll never forget that saying. It was great. And so he was like, yeah, teaching, that worked out for you. And, and he was so, he always, every chance he got was just like that Linda person. She really changed her life. So yeah, she sure did. She sure did. Let me ask you a question. So as a teacher and you know of other teachers, what makes you a little bit different? I know, I know as a coach, what makes me a little bit different? But what makes you a little bit different than other teachers? I someone just came and evaluated me in my in-person class. And I mean, I've never been afraid to just show my unbelievably human side. And I don't mean by disclosing information. I just mean by I just embrace a lot of the things that are new that I'm learning that I'm not great at. I think it's important to let people know that it's cool to, to make mistakes. And when, when I had to shift to online teaching, good Lord, I'd never taught online. I, you know, so it, it, they were actually telling us <laughs> that they want us to humanize our online classes. So many people are using this standard of perfection that they feel like everything should just be flawless. And that's just not to me, a, a realistic standard. And you know, so I I actually like em, embrace the fact that you're you'll you'll make a mistake. You can just go on. You know, as long as you take care of the stuff you can control. But the thing I think that really I the the person who came to evaluate me said, you know, Joanne, what I've noticed is there's not a lot of ego in your teaching. And she goes, that's lovely. I said, wow, that's a really sweet thing. Thanks. And the word lovely, I'm like oh, that's so sweet. Um, you know, and, and the, I try to do for students what Linda Nolan did for me, you know, even though I don't coach forensics anymore, 
the minute I see a, a speaker, I know talent when I see it. And as soon as I see that, and I, you know, I, I still recruit, I still try to get people to join the team. I still talk about it every chance I get. My favorite event to this day is an inter, one day intramural speech tournament that actually all three of the colleges where I teach, City College, Skyline College, USF, they're all invited to participate in this one day tournament. And it's just fantastic. And if it means even one person takes a forensics class or transfers or does anything, that's giving back what I got. Now, nice. seeing people now who I actually recruited, like the very last person I recruited in my last year of coaching forensics at Santa Rosa Junior College. God, I love that school. But that... <laughs> the last person I recruited in 2002, which is my last year of coaching, I mean, she I, it's she's just rocking now. She's amazing. In fact, she actually was my boss for a moment. And so it's kind of like full circle. She came in and evaluated me. And, you know, it's just it's just so it's it's just really cool to see people and just becoming something. So they never it was the same opportunity I got. I like to give. Back to that classroom for a minute, because I am curious about, uh, I've never had online schooling. Of course, I was always in the classroom. It's not necessary. But what do you, are there any benefits from uh, online schooling or do you, are you just a classroom person? Do you think that that's the best way to do it? I love this question, because if you had asked me this before the pandemic, I ignorantly would have said that in-person probably would be the best. But now as I get comfortable teaching in different modalities, I see the benefit for all of them. Now that, you know, things are constantly changing and I, you know, I, it, it's, it, it just was ignorance, honestly, at first. I definitely do feel like for public speaking, certainly it's more exciting to be in person and get that transactional feedback right there. It's it's a lot more energizing and exciting. I, I it, you can't compare that. I mean, doing a vi speech video it just isn't the same. However, the benefit of taking hybrid or online classes for students with you know with with various you know commitments families, jobs, all these different circumstances, which just come up now all the time, it's nice for them to have an option to take an online class to fit into their schedule. And, and so I, I love the fact that now there's so many different ways if someone wants to take a class in person, like go take your chemistry lab in person, right? I mean, trying to do that online, are you kidding me? It's hard. And, but everyone had to do it for a while, but come on, you know, and, and I, I just, I never really, I, I used to joke about teaching interpersonal communication online. It's a class that talks about managing your existing relationships. I'm still not sure how to do that, but, you know, it. it I, I thought, well, how are you supposed to do that online? But you kind of grow into it. So as an instructor, I, I like having the mixture of mostly in person, a couple online, and I even have one hybrid. And that's actually at USF. And I know it's great for the student athletes and for a lot, I get a lot of athletes in my class because, you know, it's kind of like, oh, this is great. So, you know, it, it doesn't mean they're, they're slack, but it's like in the classroom for one day. So they, they'll do half of their speeches there, get that awesome 
you know, transactional feedback. And then it's also realistic to do some speeches in Zoom and do them online. So I think that's kind of a good opportunity. Oh, let me ask you a question because this is really, I don't know if I've ever seen this. Now you teach at three different universities. <laughs> that can't be normal. So <laughs> how does that how does that happen? Nothing about me is normal, Bill. So, uh, you know, how does it happen? Well, <laughs> I'm not even sure. I, the one full-time job I had, okay, I, and, and, and I'll just tell you it's not normal. When I got my MA in 1990, I, I had one full-time job, but it was at Cal State University, Bakersfield. Bakersfield. What is that? Take a San know. Francisco native and put him in Bakersfield. What was that, Bill? Bakersfield? What? What? Why are you laughing? Oh, that's well. I've been through Bakersfield. That's why you've been through Bakersfield. That's yes. I didn't. No, I didn't stay there. Thank God. But I've been through there. Oh no! I mean, so that that was this was my one full time job, right? And you know, so I they interviewed me over the phone. Like I'm sitting there in Dr. Linda Nolan's kitchen, right? I'm sitting there in her kitchen. I was a cigarette smoker in the '80s, so I was like smoking a cigarette while they're talking to me on the phone. It was just crazy. Three days later, I get the job offer. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I could teach just two public speaking classes. I ended up getting to direct their forensics, their intercollegiate speech and debate program. It was an amazing job. Um, and then right after I accepted the job, and I've never seen the town of Bakersfield before I accepted the job, the dean and she, this is snail mail because this is 1990, right? So the dean puts this contract in the mail. I think it was for like a $27,000 job or something a year, whatever. In Bakersfield, that's like a millionaire, right? So in the 80s. So she they, she sends this contract snail mail. I sign it, send it back snail mail. And then I thought, maybe I should go see what I've just signed a two-year contract. I just signed a two-year contract. And uh, I drove a Buick Skylark with no air conditioning down to Bakersfield. And, you know, I could only, it, it was hot. My air conditioning wasn't working. I was sweating. And I could only get country music on the radio. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but wow. And then I saw the campus and I just thought, oh, wow. So, you know, and it's it's interesting. I, I haven't actually had a full-time job since then. As soon as my contract expired, I couldn't wait to move back to San Francisco, root for my Niners again with my friends, you know, what just hang out with the people. I loved it. it was it was it was great, but I've been part-time at all these different schools ever since and it works for me, Bill. It works for me in the way that I love variety. I I made truly great friends at all three institutions and you know, it may not be normal, but it works for me. It's kind of a long-winded answer. Now, um, I have an opportunity to go to a lot of different sporting events at school. Um, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed following the golf team around. Uh, the volleyball team, um, they're really amazing. And, and I've learned a lot of lessons. And then, of course, naturally, um, both basketball teams, guys and gals. Now you are at a lot of the gals games, which is amazing. Now, how did that, how did you become this uh, great basketball fan? 
you know, that is an interesting question because I'm not even sure I have the any pivotal moment about it. I just, I do remember though that in the year 2000, I was training for my first marathon. I was kind of a late bloomer to running. And my one and only running coach, she uh, she actually ran competitively for Vanderbilt, but she, every March, just went crazy over March Madness. And she was just telling me how she watched all of this women's basketball. And I I was fascinated by her and I I just kind of thought, huh, this is this is sort of interesting. And you know, so I, I just kind of started following it. And I, and you know, of course, growing up, I'd always heard about, you know, like Jennifer Easy at Stanford and Katie said, you know, I just I, I'm a local, so I read all the, you know, I was reading everything about Cal and Stanford, and you know, I just just kind of found an interest, but then I found myself when when I when I started go when I got hired at USF in 2003, I think it was, I thought, oh, cool. They have a division one basketball team. So I, you know, it'd be fun to watch it live instead of just watching it on TV. And then, you know, so then interestingly enough, this, this coach that I had ended up working at USF for a little while. So I went to a couple games with her and then, and then I just started getting really interested in the dynamics, you know, just sort of the team dynamics. Like every once in a while, I would watch a college game and it like, for example, this is kind of weird and a little off. I love, I love going to games live. It's obviously so much more fun than watching on TV, but the year that Maryland beat Duke, I think it was 2006. And I'd never heard of Brenda Freeze or even, you know, the Terrapins, all this. They walk into the locker room down almost 30 points at halftime. And Duke is already practically celebrating. And something that Brenda Freeze must have said to her team at halftime, how they won that game, I will never know. And I was just fascinated. I was like, oh, my God wow, you know, to be a coach, to be able to do that kind of thing, to be able to, to I mean, they, 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 she had this Christy Tolliver shoots a three pointer to get, you know, tie the game, send it into overtime. And then they end up winning. Are, are you kidding me? I've never seen anything like it. And so I just love this. And, and I'll tell you now with all this transfer portal stuff going on, you know, that I'm, when I start watching this game, you're like, you're watching the game, but you're also watching all the drama and all this other stuff that's going on on the sidelines. And, and then you've got the parents and the stands that I love hanging out with to this day. I'm still friends with Caitlin Simon's parents. God, they're awesome. You know, it's just, ah, it, it, there's just, there's just so much entertainment. I just love it. I got sucked in, in a weird way. <laughs> So talk about some of the um, players from last year. Now, some of those players are in your class. And this, and of course, I think that probably helps to um, get you to get close to them. But tell me some of your favorite players over the last couple of years that, you, that you've had a relationship with. Well, I, it's, it's not necessarily the last couple of years. I, right now, a standout is Alicia Scafidi. And I'll tell you so why. Alicia Scafidi just well i guess her name is elisa jackson now i know her name is that now so if she's actually listening to this uh she might go i'm not alicia scafidi anymore uh but when alicia played for jennifer az and i think she was jennifer's one of her first recruits when she when jennifer started coaching and i had alicia as a student in 
2011. Kind of hard to miss her. She's 6'1". She's sitting in the front row. I'm teaching public speaking and people don't exactly seem excited to take public speaking bill, if you can imagine that. You know, it's it's a core requirement. And anyway, she was sitting there in the first row and she's smiling. It's like, oh, wow, she's actually smiling when I'm talking about this and everyone else is looking miserable. I kind of like the masks uh, for you see because you couldn't always see people's facial expressions and how bored they are in your class. But back when there were no masks or anything and Alicia's just like, yeah. And at any rate, I really, she was the first one that I, in, in to this day, I've never been closer to an athlete. She just got her Juris Doctor, you know, she's she's just amazing. And she sent me this lovely note, just like still thanking me and all this. And, you know, I, I went to her wedding. And, but the thing that it it amazed me about her is that, you know, her, she lost her father, it was her sophomore or junior year. She endured so many difficult things. You know, she got injured. I remember she and Kaylin sitting on the bench and yet she had the most amazing attitude and the most, you know, amazing perseverance so that when she finally got herself back and she was a starter and she, you know, she, she really just embodied everything like a student athlete. She worked hard in classrooms. She worked hard. She took advantage of everything. She was refreshing to be around. Um, I, I was honored to write her a letter of recommendation. Honored. Like when she asked me, I was actually honored. Believe me, this isn't something that happens all the time. Uh, the way she, and in fact, Jennifer Azy even was so impressed with, with her. You know, it's just like she created an award. I think they, you know, it was like an academic um, achievement award or perseverance and that you know it's it, it like she called it the scafidi award or something you just she was amazing and to this day we're still in touch the other standout is kaylin simon you know i kaylin simon my god uh, she and alicia are still really good friends i think um she was in alicia's wedding and just just when they're injured and they they overcome these things and they work hard and they still motivate Kaylin Simon motivated her team she wasn't even playing one year when she was injured and yet the team her teammates voted her for an award for like most inspirational person that's amazing that's amazing so let me ask you what's and this is always the interesting thing What's next for you? What's your next step? My next step, oh my gosh. What are you thinking? What am I thinking? That's a fascinating question. I, I, me, I, I wouldn't mind rocking this out for about five more years or so. I, I, I'm very happy and proud to be teaching at the three schools. I, you know, it, it, there's something special about all of it. And I, I keep trying to find the right combination of modalities to teach, I, you know, just, just to try and, and serve my students, but also make myself sane. I, I, I just think that's been kind of a nice challenge, um, you know, just learning how to teach in different ways. And I, I hope, I, I think one thing I sh I would like to do is maybe go back to not just teaching public speaking, but teaching 
interpersonal again as well, you know, just sort of tackling on something different. But, um, you know, I, 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 I see myself maybe trying to continue with improving my online learning, you know, my online teaching and taking advantage of these great opportunities I've had, especially at Skyline College to advance my knowledge base there. Um, you know, stay involved a little bit in forensics. I would love to eventually just take it easy over a whole summer, maybe travel a little bit. Uh, I've had friends every year we talk about, we want to go to the U.S. Open tennis tournament, um, you know, and, and so just that. Um, I also, <laughs> I've embraced the fact that I've become a slower runner and I'm totally fine with that. I definitely, I I'm about to hit a milestone birthday. And when I do, I'm going to run one last half marathon. And then I'm going to just kind of cool, chill out on the distance and just go keep doing 10 Ks, which I can sincerely race and not, you know, I want to keep what's left of my body. So you can just kind of enjoy that, maybe go to more uh, destination runs and those kind of things. It's nice to look at running is more fun instead of obsessing over qualifying for Boston or any of that crazy stuff, you know, just, just enjoying it. Just keep getting better and, you know, do this as long as I can. Now, um, we had talked about for fun. So you want to go to the U.S. Open now. Um, and you said now, I think you have a younger sister. Yeah, that- I do. Yeah. Okay. So do you guys... Um, travel we well let's say my younger sister by the way this is funny so she went to Oregon and she's obsessed with all things Oregon Ducks football basketball it's actually been a bonding thing for us which is pretty cool Uh, and so the one place with that I think that she would love to travel to because you know she's we're not she's not big on leaving the country or anything but like going to Eugene and watching it years ago I had I think his name was Jeremiah Masoli he was a student of mine at City College and then he ended up getting a D1 scholarship for football to play at Oregon and when I told my sister she's like oh wow you know this is really cool and so then we started watching Oregon football. So I could watch my Jeremiah, who's such a great guy. He he was their quarterback. And actually they they got to the Rose Bowl that year. So that was really cool. And then um, the whole madness with Sabrina UNESCO and when she was a duck. And so my sister's like, now she's suddenly into this because of her and because of you know the whole Oregon duck madness. And now she's following this, which is really cool. But my sister, um, she's great her daughter my niece is getting married in just under two weeks august 31st she's marrying the coolest guy i really really like this man they and he's so good with our family oh my gosh so nice to have him but uh so she she's actually the cool thing is that she um is going to be wearing her own wedding dress that she wore 30 years ago. She's almost been married 30 years and she's had it tie-dyed. So she took her wedding dress from 30 years ago, had it tie-dyed to wear to her own daughter's wedding. Like how cool is that? Uh, yeah, it's it's cool. It's exciting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. She's she's a piece of <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
Well, that's awesome. Well, Joanne, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I'm looking forward to spending time uh, with you this year with our dons. Uh, hopefully we can make that next step in NCAAs, maybe win some games. It'll happen. I feel it. I feel it. Can't wait to see you at games and other any anywhere. It's gonna be very fun. Yeah, yeah. You you you've had quite the journey. And uh, <laughs> and, and, and along the way, this is amazing. Not only are you a great teacher, but you've actually learned to be, or I'm not sure how that happens, but uh now you're a runner. To, uh, so that's that's really interesting. Yeah, that was a whole accident. I was the second slowest runner in my whole, you know, school. And then when I decided on my own terms, thanks to a Santa Rosa junior college student who was also, he was on the debate team, but also on the cross country team. And yeah, he just saw me walking around the track during my break and said, run a lap with me. This is in like 1998. And believe it or not, that's how I started running. So you never know. You just never know. And that started a whole crazy new side gig just for fun, new friends, everything. So you just never know. Yeah, I never thought it would happen to me. <laughs> well, Joanne, thank you so much. Uh, you were great. Uh, I appreciate you being on. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. It was really fun, like you said. So thanks a lot, Bill.